The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. So good morning to your neighbor to the left and to the right again and just give them a smile give someone around you a smile let them feel comfortable sitting beside you today and say to them your life is about to change <laughs> for good so father we come and we humble our hearts in the name of jesus we ask that you breathe upon us lord change our lives with your word speak to our lives and let your name and your name alone be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. As we are aware, the word for 2023 is enlargement. Enlargement. And we have been unpacking it from the first day of this year. We have been unpacking it. So I want to encourage you, if you missed any part of the teaching, even if you were at the services, to go back and listen over and over and soak in the word, soak in that word until it becomes a part of your life and what, what God will do in the name of Jesus. The anchor text remains Isaiah chapter 54 from verse 2, Isaiah 54 2. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch. Everyone says stretch. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will soon be bursting at the seams. Say amen. You will soon be bursting at the seams. Another translation says to the right and to the left. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. So we explained that inherent in enlargement is the concept of stretching. Enlarge the place of your, of your tent. Stretch forth the curtains of your habitation. And we really unpacked stretching last week. Stretching brings about stressing. And with stress, we all don't like stress. I mean, nobody likes to even think any good thing can come out of stress. But God is saying that this year is going to bring enlargement out of the stressful situations in our lives in the name of Jesus. It's going to take us out of our comfort zone, if you will. Stretch us and bring forth Enlargement, and we saw in Psalm 119 verse 143, Psalm 119 verse 143, that as pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy in your word. Again, our joy, our security, our enlargement are in his word, are in the word of God. So soak in this word. Soak yourself in this word. We explained that 
when we think of enlargement, mostly we think of our territories being enlarged. We think of our territories being enlarged to the right and to the left. And we, we explained that there are things that we can enlarge that will inadvertently enlarge our territory. There are things that you and I can enlarge and stretch that when those things are effectively enlarged, our territories will be inadvertently enlarged. Our territories will enlarge automatically. And we saw that the first thing is the mind, is the mind. And we explained that the mind needs to be stretched and enlarged and our hearts needs to be stretched. We have to be large-hearted. Then our strength, we looked at last week, needs to be stretched. Our strength. And we tied strength back to mind, to knowledge. Daniel saying that, but they that know their God will be strong and will do exploits. The people that do know their God will be strong and will do exploits. So God will use the stretching of your mind to release strength into every area of your life. And we explained that stretching is required. Why? Because God's miracles usually requires us to stretch for us to possess it. God's miracles requires for us to stretch for us to possess it. And being strong is, is a non-negotiable. God expects that as you stretch your strength, inadvertently, your capacity will stretch and be enlarged. And inadvertently, your territory will be enlarged. You know, we, we worry too much about enlargement of territory. But if we can allow and cooperate with God and get this aspect enlarged, we will see that territories become enlarged automatically. So strength, we explained last week, is so pivotal. And instead of praying that God will take away the adversity, we should pray that God will increase our strength. And we wrapped up last week by looking at the sources of strength. What are the sources of strength? Where do I draw strength from? And we explained the seven F's as the sources of strength, the seven F's in our lives. The first is faith, faith in God. God is our first source of strength. And we explained that the, the power of the presence of God. And we went on and looked at family. And we said finances is big, friendships, fitness, farm, and fun. Those are the sources of strength. We looked at four of those last week. And we gave us the um, homework to check out the remaining um, three and really dive deeper into, into it. So we take it from there today. The implications of tent and the enlargement thereof. The implication of tent and the enlargement thereof. So when God says to us, enlarge the place of your tent. What are the implications of 
the concept of tent and the enlargement thereof, then we will look at how it ties to capacity, enlargement of capacity, and how it will be done. Five implications of tent and the enlargement thereof. When we talk about tent, being in a tent, from scripture, there's a man called Jabal. Jabal, according to Genesis 4.20, was the father of such that dwell in tents. I mean, that is big. He was the father. When the Bible says is someone is the father of such that dwells in tents, in other words, he pioneered it. He was the progenitor. He pioneered dwelling in tents. And we saw the patriarchs of faith were tent dwellers. So when God is saying in Isaiah 54, verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent, it, God was speaking to us as tent dwellers. But we are not tent dwellers. We are home dwellers. We live in bricks and mortars. We live in our best wood and, 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 and plasters. And we live in a house made of stones. And limestones and, and stuff. But God is speaking to us as people that understand what it is to dwell in tents. He's saying, enlarge the place of your tent. So for, for you to really get this, you need to know, that, I mean, understand what tent, living in tents and what it, impl what it implies. And when God says, enlarge the place of your tent, it begins to make sense because for us, it's like if you have a house and God says, enlarge the place of your um, house, of your um, duplex, if you are living in one, or enlarge the place of your condo or of your flat or of your town home, how do you do that? Are you going to break into your neighbor's house? How are you going to do that? So... So with the mindset of brick and mortar, we cannot begin to understand when God is saying, enlarge the place of your tent. So what are the implications of tent and the enlargement thereof? The first thing we need to know about the tent and the enlargement thereof is the cumulative increase of influence, what we call the cumulative increase of influence. What does that mean? Back with from Jabal to all the other 20 dwellers, and God is speaking to us as people that should understand the concept of tent dwelling, is that they really build bigger tents. When their families increase, when they get new cattle or new members of household comes to join them, they hardly pull down their existing tent and build a bigger one. No, what they do is that they expand the current tent. They expand the place of their tent. They, 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 they stretch for the curtains of the, of the habitation. So they take another material and, and they extend the existing tent. Wow. Wow. They will add another section to it. What, 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 what does that, how does that apply to, to you and I? God is saying, don't abandon your current influences. 
for the new influences I am giving you. Don't abandon your current influences for the new influences I'm giving you. I mean, I'll give you an example. You know, um, you know, folks, this is an example. You know, I mean, if it doesn't apply to you, it's fine. But the wisdom of God is in it. And, and it's this. Folks talk a lot about um, jackpot, you know, everybody's jackpot and all these kind of things. And people actually you know, abandon Nigeria. Don't do it. Don't do it. If you, if God is calling you to another nation or you are immigrating or what have you, in, ex, expand the place of your tent. Don't burn your bridges in Nigeria. Don't abuse everybody. Abuse your neighbor. Abuse your boss that was not nice to you. Curse them out. Why? Because you have a, uh, a Ghanaian visa. <laughs> or whatever. Wherever you are immigrating to. Don't do that. Because God has blessed you with a new job. A better job. 10x, 10 times more than the, your current job. Don't abuse your bosses and walk away in the door. Who needs them anyway? I'm not a big girl. I'm not a big boy. God says no. It is cumulative increase of influence. God is saying enlarge the place of your tent. The doors that are opening for you for enlargement is not for the abandonment of your current positioning. God is saying you have to have the capacity to hold down your current position and expand the place of your tent. Hallelujah. And this can be applied on and on and on. Why? Because the tent of the family was the center of community life. Everything flows from it. So God is saying your tent is the center of your life. Everything flows from it. Enlargement cannot happen if there is abandonment. If you abandon your current influence, God is going to make you influential. You are, your influence is going to extend to the ends of the earth in the name of Jesus. But for some Small-minded people, they see it as, oh, you know, I'm abandoning. No, God hasn't called you to do that. God is saying, add cumulative increase of influence. Oof. Expand. Enlarge. Stretch. To stretch. You must maintain your current position for there to be a stretching. Imagine if you hold a rubber band in your hand. You can't stretch that rubber band if the position, original position, keeps moving. So if I have this cable, I hope you can see this cable is a black cable. Now, for me to stretch this cable, if every time I apply force in this area, to expand the cable, I move the direction of this hand. I pull in this place, I move this place. This cable will never be stretched. This cable will never be enlarged. But if I maintain this position and I pull in this direction and I'm, I'm, I am pegged down in this, in this place and I'm expanding in this place, then I can have an elastic condition of this cable 
and it will keep expanding and expanding and expanding and expanding. Cumulative. Everybody say cumulative. Expand the place of your tent. Enlarge the place of your tent. That's the first implication. The second implication of tent and the enlargement thereof is the expansion of God's kingdom. Hallelujah. The expansion of God's kingdom. You see, God will increase your influence so that you can steward your influence as an expansion of God's kingdom. If you're a medical doctor, God will increase your influence. The more your influence increases, the more you are bringing God to your practice or God to your space and expanding the kingdom of God. If you are um, a, someone into marketing or someone that is um, a lawyer or whatever field you are in, as God is expanding you, so is the custody of his kingdom that you are carrying should expand into your space. It's a call for evangelism. So when God expands his tent in your life, through your life, his kingdom should expand. God has moved you to a new location. Praise God. The question is, my sister, my brother, how has his kingdom expanded because you are, that, are in that location? How has God's kingdom expanded because you are in that location? That's the question you need to wrestle with. So as we share the gospel with others and invite them to come to Christ, the tent of the kingdom of God expands. So God has expanded you. The question for you, how has the tent of the kingdom of light expanded through you? And collectively as a church, as a people, we are strengthening existing churches. You know, our churches in South Africa, our churches in, in Canada, our churches in, um, our church in Dallas, our churches in Nigeria, of course, our churches all over the world. We are strengthening our churches. And guess what? We are also trusting God to plant new churches. We are trusting God to plant new churches. And the truth is that for the strengthening of the existing churches and the planting of the new churches, we need to partner with God to make this happen. We need to partner with him to make it happen. We are trusting God to go to um, Bogota in Colombia sometime this year. And in new church, God's favorite house, Bogota will begin. Praise the name of the Lord. To start those churches, it requires finances. To gather the team that will go and start, it requires finances. And as we partner with God to make this happen, we are building for him a habitation. We are expanding the tent of his kingdom. And he himself will bless us 
and the whole earth will fear him. Do I get an amen? The third implication of tent and the enlargement thereof is that tent speak of covering and love. I mean, that is pretty obvious. That should be pretty obvious. But when we look at it carefully, we see that tent from God's perspective speaks of covering and love. The tent covers from environmental forces, covers from and protects from wild animals. So enlarge the place of your tent. God is saying expand your covering of love and protection for people. If you are paying the school fees of one person, trust God that you will be able to pay the school fees of 10 people, 10x. Trust God that you will, if you're not paying anybody's school fees, trust God that you, you, you will, your covering will expand. That's using school fees as an example. Trust God that your covering will expand. Why? Because allowing someone into the tent symbolized an extension of covering, hospitality, and refuge. Trust God to enlarge your covering, your hospitality, your refuge. Trust God. Trust God. You know, so some people are, you know, just like, oh, it's only me, my wife, and I. You know, everybody else, get out of our houses. Everybody else, get out of our homes. Everybody else, we don't want to worry about them. We, we, me, myself, and my children, we get all we can, we eat all we can, we store all we can, and we sit on the can. <laughs> that is not a mindset of enlargement. God wants you to enlarge your covering. And guess what? God's covering over you will also enlarge and expand in the name of Jesus. Psalm 27 verse 5 says to us, Psalm 27 verse 5, it says, For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. God will hide you in his pavilion in the name of Jesus. In the time of trouble, in the secret of his tabernacle, shall he hide me. God will hide you in the secret of his tent. The word tabernacle there is tent in the name of Jesus. He shall set me upon a rock. So we see that through covenant, we enter God's tent and receive his covering and love through covenant. And of course, the first covenant that ushers us into this is the covenant of the blood of Jesus. It's the covenant of the blood of Jesus. Other covenants can come in with your work with God. So number four, the implications of tents and the enlightenment therefore. Number four is that tent speaks of the temporary nature of our habitation. The concept of the tent, the tent dwellers have a daily, I say, per second consciousness of the temporary nature of the habitation. You know, when 
you see tent dwellers, they know that they are in a temporary habitation. God wants you and I, no matter how wide your influence is, no matter how great God has blessed you, to understand that you are a tent lever. You are living in a tent. Your habitation here is temporary. You see, it helps you. If you, don't, if you, if you think you are living in a reinforced mansion, it, has, it brings a sense of false security and you feel safe and secure. But God wants you to have the mindset that you are living in a tent. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 from verse 9. It says, And even when he reached the land God promised him, when he, Abraham, reached the land God promised him, it was the land that God has promised him. He got there. What did he do? He lived there by faith. How? For he was like a foreigner and he was living in tent. Whew, he got to the land that God has promised him. And instead of putting a mansion, he was living in tent. Why? Because Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundation, a city designed and built by God. If it was just a city designed by God, that was that's beautiful enough. If it was just a city that was built by God, I mean, designed by other people, that's, that's beautiful enough. But guess what? He was looking for a city designed and built by God. So he realized and lived in tents. Now, am I saying you should get out of your house and put up a tent and say to your children, we'll be living in tents going forward? That's not what I'm saying. And that's not even what God is saying. What God is saying to us is this. We need to understand the nature of our enlargement. The nature of our enlargement, no matter how beautiful, how glorious, how grandiose it is, it is temporary. We are in a tent. We are expecting the coming of Jesus and he will come. So tent speaks of the temporary nature of our habitation. John 1.4 says, and the word, now listen to this, was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. Interestingly, it dwelt. The word, the Greek word translated dwelt there literally means to dwell as in a tent. So Jesus on earth lives amongst us and he lived like a stranger in a foreign land, even though we were made by him. The world was made by him. It came to his own. It came to, it, it, was, it, it was formed by him. And when he was here, he, he still lived as though I am on a mission. I have not arrived. That's what it means to live in a tent. I have not arrived. I have not arrived at my destination. I'm on a journey. I'm on a journey. So my habitation has to be temporary. I'm on a journey. That's big. 1 Corinthians 15, 19 says to us, we read 19 and 53. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, 19 says, And if our hope in Christ is only 
for this life. We are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. We have all men, the KJV says, most miserable. We have all men most miserable. It says for, verse 53, 53, for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So God is saying that if we are on earth and we don't have a view of eternity in God, we are making decisions as though everything starts and ends here on earth, we are to be pitied. Tent speaks of the temporary nature of our habitation. And number five, tent speaks of portability and flexibility. Portability and flexibility. The tent is usually flexible. You can stretch it and it's portable. You can move it. <laughs> so if you put down uh, uh, a foundation that is, you know, pretty solid, uh, raft foundation or whatever foundation they are based on the soil uh, quality and stuff, and you, you erect a building, a pretty solid building, you can't fold it up and move. But with the tent, you can fold it up and move. God is saying, no matter how blessed you are, be portable and be flexible. I'm going to enlarge the place of your tent. You are going to stretch for the curtains of your habitations. Be portable. Be flexible. That's the fifth implication. Tents are portable. They are flexible. However, even though they are portable and they are flexible, he's saying, lengthen your cords. So while you are in the location, lengthen your cords. Don't say, because the tent is portable, you'll be wishy-washy. No, 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 no. You will be solid while you are present. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Your stakes are the things that hold down the, 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 they are like pegs that hold down the tent. It says that strengthen your stakes. It means that though you are portable and flexible, while you are in that location, in that place, be solid and grounded. Be solid and grounded. Don't be wishy-washy. Be solid and grounded. So God wants us to have excellence and stability in our portability. God wants us to have excellence and stability, even in our portability. Woo! That's huge. I pray that God will give us understanding. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And when we look at God's favorite house, you know, um, God's favorite house, a favorite, someone's favorite house is the place that you like the most. Is the place you like the most. So, so God had um, three physical habitation on earth. 
three. The first was a tent. See, tent made by Moses. This tent was given, the specifications were given by God. The length, the breadth, the color of the material, the color of the, 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 the quality of the wood, the gold, the everything to the last detail was given by God. It was a tent set up by Moses. Then there was a tent. The second one was a tent set up by David. It was just, you know, the Moses tent had different compartments. The outer court, the inner court, the holy of holies, the different um, utensils and the different compartments and, and stuff. But in the tabernacle, the tent that David set up, it was just a tent that had the ark in the middle. Anyone that came into the tent had the ark in, in full view. It was not complex, it was pretty simple. And the third one, of course, was the temple of Solomon. That one was not a tent. It was a temple made with gold, cedars, and you know, quality wood. The foundation was still standing till today. However, however, when God said, I will rebuild a house, you would think that it would be the temple of, of Solomon because of the beauty and the glamour and how grand it, it was. And, and well, still existing. But God didn't say I will rebuild it. You would think it's the tent of Moses. That was the initial original specification. God did not say I will rebuild it. It is the tent of David. The tabernacle of David, the tent that David set up, that God said, I will rebuild. So God's favorite place, house of worship, was a tent of worship that David put up. In Acts 15, 16, it says, after these things, I will return and I will rebuild the tent of David, which has Falling. I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it. Not the tent of Moses, not the temple of Solomon, but the tent of David. What's, what is it about the tent of David? So, first things first, God did not say, I will rebuild the temple. God says, I will rebuild the tent. So, uh, the temple, uh, God said, no, tent. God says, yes. Okay, so we've seen the difference between a temple and a tent. Physical structure, brick and mortar, and just tent materials, lengthen cords and, and pegs. So what else? Moses' own too was a tent. So why the tent of David? Why? Two things, basically. What happened in it? What happened in it? What happened in it? What happened in it was pure worship. Was worship. Everybody could come in and worship. Everybody had access to God. Worship. And the second thing that happened, that, that, that um, why the tent was that, what it represents, what the tent represents, everything we've listed, that it represented, and God is saying, I will rebuild. 
But it's interesting to note that these houses were built by men. But these houses were houses of God. And in naming them, God did not say, this is the temple of Jehovah. <laughs> God did not say, this is the tent or the tabernacle of, of Yahweh. God did not say, this is the tent, the one Moses put, the tabernacle of El Elyon. He didn't. The tabernacle that Moses built by the help of God, by the instruction of God, God called the tent of Moses. Whoa. The temple that Solomon built by instruction of God, Solomon did not even make a provision for it. David provided for the building of the temple of Solomon. Did you know that? David provided for it. Solomon, if he provided anything, was nothing compared to what David provided. But yet, God called, God did not say this is the temple of Yahweh, God or of Jehovah. God says this is the temple of Solomon. God named it after Solomon. The tabernacle that David built for him, God says this is the tabernacle of David. In fact, even referring to it in the Old Testament, referred to it in Amos as the tabernacle of David, he referred to it in the in Acts of the Apostles, Apostles as the tabernacle of David. So, so, Pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is this. If you have the capacity to build it, God puts your name on it. Oof! That's just messing up some people's theology right now. God puts your name on it. He assigns the territory to you. Even his own place of worship, he assigns it, he puts your name, Jabez. He says, enlarge my cause. God gave him a city and called his name Jabez. I mean, you must have seen this video that talked about all the great enterprises in the world. Most of them, Ford, Louis Vuitton, Gucci. Name it. <laughs> Most of them are names of people. Why? Because God says, I will make your name great. Your name. And God always, God wants to give you a territory. You may say that, oh, but, uh, uh, Pastor, I just moved to whatever country. You are in right now. I just, maybe for those that have immigrated, maybe I just moved to um, Cambodia. <laughs> God wants to give you a city in Cambodia that will have your name. If your name is, uh, get a name randomly, Adelabu, or if your name is Juliet, or if your name is uh, Inkechi, God wants to name that city Inkechi. That's what we see here. When your mind, if you bring the diagram up again, is stretched and enlarged. Your heart and your strength will be enlarged. Your capacity will be enlarged. Guess what? Inadvertently, your territory will be enlarged. Wherever you are, 
in your field of endeavor. God wants to enlarge your capacity. He said, but Pastor, I mean, if you, my, city's, my city already has, has a name, you know, Lekki has a name. Who says Lekki cannot be renamed after you? Lekki can be renamed after you. Maybe, no, names can be changed. They can rename Ikoyi after you. They can remain, you can call it Olatosi City going forward. Listen, the God we serve, nothing is impossible with him. He says, I will enlarge your territory. Do I get an amen? Do you receive that? Hallelujah. So those are the five implications of tent and enlargement of tent. And we will look at capacity. We have been coming in and out and in and out of capacity. But five areas to build capacity, to put some structure to it. Five areas to build capacity. And we are done. Number one, spiritual. You need to build spiritual capacity. You do that by reading your Bible and praying every day. Pray every day. Pray every day. Read your Bible. Pray every day if you want to grow. That is how to build your spiritual capacity. Spiritual capacity. When you, build your, when you read your Bible and you pray every day, guess what? You sort out the issue of two things happen. You, identity is sorted out. You sort out your issue of identity. The problem is that most people don't know who they are. They don't. They have no clue. They have no clue. They, God is taking them on a journey and they see Mr. A and say, Oh, I want to be like Mr. A. I want to. No. God is saying, I, your DNA is unique. I need you to be you. But you cannot come into your own until you find ex yourself in God. How do you find yourself in God? By reading his word, getting into the word, and praying every single day. The more you pray, the more of God that rubs off on you. The more you read the Bible, the more the Bible is like a mirror. The more you see yourself in God, your identity is sorted out. Today, you don't want to be like Beyonce. The, the, tomorrow is like Lady Gaga. The other day is like, um, who else? You know, on and on. You want to be like this person, you want to be like that. You don't know who you are. You need to wear makeup to feel beautiful. No, you need to, any makeup you wear, it's just enhancing your beauty. You are beautiful already. If you don't know that, you don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. It is not the labels you wear that make you recognized. Some people can't, they don't feel significant if they don't wear Gucci or they don't carry a Louis Vuitton bag or they don't, they don't feel important. You have an identity problem and you're trying to cover it with other people's identity. Listen, those people, they have found who they are, at least to the degree that they are making the impact they are making. Find yourself. 
build your spiritual capacity. Read your Bible, pray every day. The more you do that, the stronger you become. So that's the first thing it does to you. Spiritual identity. The second thing it does to you is power with God. You have power with God. You begin to have power with God. Like Jacob wrestled with God. God says, Phew, I, I, I cannot even declare myself the winner here. Jacob had power with God. Daniel had power with God. Moses and Samuel had power with God. God said somewhere in Jeremiah that if Moses were here and if Samuel were here, I wouldn't change my mind. You know what that means? It means that two people that, can, that have the reputation of changing God's mind are Moses and Samuel. <laughs> They have that bad reputation. God will say, this is what we're going to do. Moses will show up and say, uh, uh, I know you can do it. No one can question you. But permit me to, to say something here. You know? And by the time he's done, God has changed his mind. <laughs> Samuel is like that too. Abraham was like that too. You know, what, when you build spiritual capacity, you have power with God. People that don't know God or don't have power with God are confused about you. Why? Because they, as far as they are concerned, one plus one is two. So they want two to happen in your life. And you go to God and you say, but you know, you, God, you, know, you can make one plus one, one zero, which is ten to them. They will think it's ten, but it's, it's still in a different base. So God says, okay, let's, let's change it from base ten to base two. And it becomes one plus one equals one zero. And you're like, how, how did he do that? Power with God. If you have power with God, if you, if, you, if you build spiritual capacity. So the first thing is spiritual capacity. Again, I'm going to give you this list. There's a lot to say. I mean, I'm about to get into it. I'm holding myself back. There's a lot to say. But I'm going to give you these things. And I'm going to challenge you to do your research. Study the word of God. Let the Holy Spirit unpack this for you. Hallelujah. So, spiritual capacity has to be built. Intellectual capacity has to be built. You need to build your intellectual capacity. I mean, we talked a lot on that, on when we talked about the mind. Again, you need to go and listen to that teaching again and again. You need to build your intellectual capacity, your ability to learn, your ability to learn new things, your ability to think, your ability to plan, then your ability to execute the plan. Expand your intellectual ability, uh, capacity. The third capacity that you need to expand and, and build is your physical capacity. Physical capacity. The Bible says that Moses, that as he grew old, his natural strength was not abated. Moses' physical capacity did not drop. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, as you grow older, your physical capacity will not drop. As you increase in age, so will you increase in strength. In the mighty name of Jesus. It is very possible. It is very possible because there are territories that God wants to release to you that if you are not fit, you cannot take them. There are territories that God wants to release you into that if you are not fit, you can't take these territories. You can't. So your physical health and physical fitness is so, so key. Caleb, for instance, God wanted to give him his promised land, 
But he was 85. And at 85, Caleb could say, give me this mountain. No. At 85, most people are, are looking at retiring. Caleb is looking at taking territories. Give me this mountain. At 85, listen, in any generation, 85 is you, how you are at 40, is how you are at 85, all things being equal. That's why Caleb said, as, I, as my strength was when Moses sent us out at 40, it was 45, 40 or 45, homework. As my strength was then, so is my strength now at 85. So if strength was not an issue, you will not have said so. Hallelujah. Number four, capacity you need to build is your emotional capacity. Your emotional capacity. For instance, how are you able to handle difficult people? How are you able to handle difficult people? How? Can you handle difficult people? Or you don't have the emotional capacity to handle difficult people? Oh, you'd rather run away. You'd rather enter a cave. you rather... But God needs you to relate with difficult people for you to get into where you're going. You, if you keep running away, you cannot enter into the promised land. Even if you enter into the promised land, you run yourself out of it because you don't have the emotional capacity. You need to build the emotional capacity. Just stay. That's the first step to building emotional capacity. Stay, breathe, ask God for wisdom, ask God for strength, and God will strengthen you. How, question, do you handle not only difficult people, difficult situations? The economy of the world is taking a big hit right now. How do you handle difficult situations? Emotional capacity. Emotional capacity. I mean, I was speaking with someone that was telling me how, you know, uh, some Gen Z guy, a lady, Gen Z lady, said to her at the workplace that, oh, we need a room where we can take five. <laughs> and she was like, what do you mean take five? You know, we need a room where we can go for our mental health. You know, when we have better, mental health, I mean, <coughs> mental health has become while obviously it's important, but we are churning out more and more weak people that cannot stand the pressure of time. So this lady was asking for a room where at work, ah, I can cool off. Um, I take five, you know. And she says I can take up to five or seven or eight, take five moments in a day. Emotional capacity. As certain schools today, they don't write exams anymore. You know why? No exam because we don't want to pressure the children. We don't want to. It's too much emotional pressure for them, for them to face exams. It's affecting their mental health. Wow. Guess what? You will pass everybody. They will graduate. They will enter the world. Life will begin to give them hard knocks. Life has no respect of your curriculum. Life deals with everybody equally. The rich, the poor, the strong, the weak, everybody. When the rain falls, it falls on everybody. When the sun is out, it's out on everybody. And that is the situation of life. Life can be brutal if you don't train your children to be strong. That's why a lot of young people need to rely on 
substances to actually even face the day they need to take some, you know, cocaine or some drug or some alcohol to face the day. That's why the rate of suicide is increasing. Why? Among the young people. Why? Because they, they, they can't stand life. Life is too hard. And guess what? Life is brutal. What we can do is train our children to be stronger. You are here today because you are, you are strong. Imagine all that you have gone through, but you are still here. So why are you dropping the standard for your children? Knowing that life is not going to treat them, you know, life will not say, oh, let me see, what school did you go to? Um, let everybody that went to um, this kind of school come here. No, life doesn't work like that. You need to build your emotional capacity. And the fifth capacity you need to build is your economic capacity. You need to build your economic capacity. I have a lot to say on this. You need to build your earning capacity. You need to build your retaining capacity. For a lot of people, it's not earning capacity that is a problem. It's the retaining capacity and the multiplying capacity that is a problem. God will be justified when he says, look at how much I've blessed you with. But the retaining capacity, the multiplying capacity, we need to build those. So to increase your capacity as a whole, you have to push your limits. You have to push your limits spiritually, push your limits intellectually, push your limits physically, push your limits emotionally, push your limits economically. Push your limits. Why? Because your territory grows as you build and increase capacity. God will bless you indeed. Say amen. God will bless you indeed. And enlarge your coast. It will enlarge your territory. His hand will rest upon you. It will keep you from evil. Evil will have no place in you. Evil will have no power over you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. So I, I want to um, pray with you. If you are like, Pastor, I need to come under the covering of God. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the covering, the shadows of the Almighty. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I've never given my life to Jesus. Or I used to be saved, but I want to come back to Christ. Can you pray with me? I want to pray with you right now. We want to pray with you. That is me, Pastor. I want to come under the covering of the Most High God. Wherever you are, if you are in the auditorium, I want you to lift up your hand now over your head. Even if you are online, if you are, lift up your hand now over your head. And I'm going to turn it over to the RP to wrap things up.